Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of 99 Problems But A Boss Ain't One. I'm one of your co-hosts, Michelle Pratt, and my business is Die Diva Development, a personal development and management development training and coaching business. And hello, I'm Casey Carlisle, one of your other co-hosts, or the other co-host in fact, and my business is The Wheel Exists and I do Squarespace web design and training. Today we're going to talk about the problem of being snowed under. Now when we first start out as a freelancer we dream of being busy. We think that being rushed off our feet with all these clients would be a wonderful problem to have but of course when you get to the point when you finally get there and trust me you will get there it's a lot harder than you thought. We know we should take a step back but of course when you're rushed off your feet and busy offering a good service to your clients it's very very hard to take that step back and work out how to slow down and manage things a little bit better better at exactly the point where it's the the thing that you need to do. Katie you run a freelance uh, group, a a pop-up co-working event, is this something you see in the freelancers that you work with? Yeah definitely, I mean I think we have I think we have both ends of the scale coming to the group, we've got the people who are just in those initial stages and they like you said they can't imagine ever being that busy because they're still at that point where they just started out and they're still trying to find clients Um, but certainly yeah we get a lot of people and I think it's it's different at different times of the year for different people um and so i think like like for me it tends to be september october and january february when i'm really busy uh but for other people it's the summer some people have a really quiet summer um sometimes it's different year on year but i think definitely it's a, a problem and in some ways it's a nice problem to have because it means that yeah your business is working great but it is still a problem which is obviously why we're talking about it today but i think it's definitely something that people it, it can creep up on you quite suddenly and i think people aren't necessarily ready for it and so i think sometimes it can take people by surprise and then just sort of wrong foot them a bit and kind of lead to a lot of overwhelm and a lot of stress and anxiety so um i think it's it's definitely something that is going to resonate yeah. with people i think when we're talking about it today yeah for sure at the time you're booking that work in or yeah you're getting that those orders through the door and you're thinking yay more work this is great it's going to be a bumper month and I think for me certainly it's very easy to underestimate just how that feels when you're in it um so I'm sure as you say I'm sure that resonate with a lot of people now if you're not at that place or if you are in that place where you're snowed under and you're thinking well okay yeah I'm a bit bit rushed I'm, I'm working I'm a little bit tired but hey ho what's 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 the problem it might be worth just to take a moment to explore some of the unintended consequences of being getting yourself this busy I, I mean Katie with there's, lo- there's loads of problems with being too busy and some of them are more obvious than others what do you think some of the the big issues are with just being in that space where you're just delivering 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 and, and not taking that step back well I think sometimes you can actually kind of get yourself into bad habits especially like like I said before if you haven't prepared for it if you haven't expected it to happen um and it can you can get to the point where actually you start firefighting rather than working proactively and you get to the point where basically busy is the new normal um and and when you're doing that that's not gonna be a as effective for you in terms of how you're working but also you're probably not going to be delivering as good quality to your clients or your customers either so when you're in those bad habits and when you're being very reactive and you're feeling really stressed then you're probably just trying to get everything done as quickly as possible you're not being particularly like deliberate about it you're not taking your time you're not necessarily working on the important stuff and that's something I think we're going to we're going to touch on later um so I think it's that but I mean Michelle like what what other ones 
What other areas are there where it becomes problematic when you're snowed under? Yeah, you can see it, can't you? Because it's great to have, I, you know, th- th- that work. But as you were saying, Katie, the quality drops. I don't think it's that anyone, you know, lots of people would probably think, well, I wouldn't compromise my quality. But if you think about the kind of the kind of service you give to a customer when they are your only customer or when they're one of three customers versus the kind of quality you give to people when you've got like a dozen, dozens of customers coming in, it's, it's very, very different. And it's not that we mean to offer a different service. It's just uh, the way that we, we react. And Katie, that you're absolutely right. When you're, it's called cognitive overload. When, we, when our attention is being pulled in too many different directions, it actually becomes harder to make decisions. It becomes uh, much, much, we, we tend to use our conscious part of our brain a lot more. So if you've uh, ever read, a, it's a really good book called... Um, Oh, it's totally gone from my head now. Uh, Your Brain at Work um, by David Rock. It's... it describes how that when we're in that kind of firefighting state, it's much, much harder to gain what he calls insight. And he describes insight as being able to pull together lots of different ideas. So the up and out thinking, the strategy, the creativeness, and it's much, much harder to access that state because for that state, we need concentration. We need calmness. We need to not be in that stress, stressful mode. So you're less likely to have you know really insightful, creative ideas for your clients to solve their problems when you are firefighting, which is part of the problem. Something that we talked about a few episodes ago was the, the kind of the idea of you know kind of single tasking and and or, or focusing rather than having your attention spread over lots of different tasks and the amount of time it takes to switch between tasks and if you're in that really reactive mode I think you can quite often get into that task switching flitting from one thing to another to try and you know again using the firefighting analogy like put out each of those blazes and you keep running around trying to put them out and and again the cognitive work that you have to do to get from okay this client and this particular work and then you have to get your brain out of that and engage your brain into another thing and then you have to kind of disengage with that and again it's in terms of getting into the zone as it were and getting into a, a state where you can focus it's quite hard and also just the time it takes to actually get in and out of those states I think is um again not conducive to doing your best work yeah you talk about the firefighting analogy and i think you're quite right you spend so much time putting out the fires you don't spend any time working out how to prevent them and that's the issue that we find ourselves in so i think uh, that, that that kind of affects the quality of your work i think there's some other other stuff as well you know like you might fall behind on essential admin and it might feel more important to do the delivery work than to do you know to get on top of your books than to schedule some i don't know, social media posts however you do your marketing to not write that blog and actually things like marketing for a lot of freelance go on the back burner so your networking your marketing activity all this kind of stuff which for which we don't see an immediate return depending on how you do it tends to fall by the wayside so what happens is we we could even get to the point where you start turning away new customers more lucrative more exciting um meteor projects because you're so busy serving the people that you're working with right now. Now, of course, giving your focus to your existing customers is absolutely right. So what we're talking here is more about that forward thinking. It's really hard to do. And as Katie said, if it becomes the new normal and you think, oh, it's okay, it's just a busy patch. But if that busy period becomes the new normal, then it might be time to take a step back and reconsider how we do uh, some of our work during those busy uh, periods. So, So Katie, we've both seen this in other people and I know we've both experienced it ourselves from time to time. Um, what let's, let's, let's talk about some of the things we can do what are some of your ideas for, for how to navigate our way through those busy times I think 
the the first thing to do is try and like like with most problems it's easier to to solve it before it happens than afterwards so the first thing i would say is try to anticipate it as much as you can now if this is your first year of freelancing and this is the first time you have ever been in this kind of snowed under state then obviously you might not have been able to predict it but if you're still pre-snowing under and you're like okay i don't know if i'm going to get to that point then there's still ways that you can get an idea of whether that's going to happen so you can talk to other people in your industry you could talk to other people who are just ahead of you in terms of their freelancing path and you can have a chat with them and say you know did this happen to you at what point what were the telltale signs that happened just before you got there and what what can i do to recognize it because then once you recognize it you can prepare for it and we're not saying start refusing work or anything like that we're just saying if you prepared for it then you can put in a bit more of a strategy to manage it so for example for me like i said earlier it's i'm always busy generally around september october and in january and february so it's the kind of back to school and also the new year's resolutions time so when everyone says right i'm finally gonna get on with my on with my website and new website. So I make sure that I've got time blocked off in those months and what I do starting from this month when people get in touch with me in, in August which is a quiet month for me because everybody's on holiday when people get in touch with me I say look I, I'm going to get really busy in September so if you want to do this work then we're going to need to book it in because if you come back to me in three weeks and you want to start you're going to have to wait a month whereas if we book you in now then you'll get ahead of everybody else so i actually use it as a sales point in my quiet months to get the you know get my initial um invoice sent off get that project signed off that i wouldn't be able to do otherwise so i actually use my busyness as leverage to help me sell um and also i i, I you know Sometimes I'll set myself limits. Sometimes I'll say, right, okay, um, I'm going to take on a max maximum of three clients this September and anything else I'm not going to. Or sometimes I might decide, actually, do you know what? Like I've actually, you know, I've had a quiet summer. I feel rested. I feel ready. I'm okay with being busy and I'm going to be very deliberate about taking on more clients. And so sometimes what I'll do is I'll say, right, I'm happy to have a couple of really long days and long weeks. You know, uh, I, I don't mind working the odd 60 to 80 hour week if I need to, because to me, I'm like, okay, I can, I, I know I can handle it to do that. And then that gets me a bit of income, which then gives me peace of mind for the rest of the year. And so that for me, it's worth the being busy, but it's deliberate. And I think that's the difference is that I know I have done it and I know I can do it and I'm and I'm kind of I might for example like you were saying Michelle you know we put things on the back burner and I think things like yeah strategy and development and everything I would say if I know I'm going to be busy in September I'll try and book those things in first so that they're in my calendar before it starts to fill up um, or I might say right I'm not going to do any of that in September but I know that once I'm busy I'll plan that in I want some less busy, yeah. sorry, I'll plan that in. So that's that's yeah. one thing you can do, I think, is know, try and anticipate when it's going to happen, if it's happened before, and then plan stuff in. Block off your calendar in advance with the important things that are actually going to keep your business moving forward if you get to the point where you're not snowed under anymore. Because that's the last thing you want, is to be 
neglecting everything while you're snowed under to only to find that if your clients dry up a bit, you've not been pushing your marketing. You've not got anything coming in after that point. Yeah, it's like it's kind of like feast or famine, is it? And I think you're right, quite right, Katie. You may take the, the strategic decision, and I think a lot of us do in September, to be really busy. But like you say, I think it's two things. One is getting that marketing or that networking or that admin in the diary so that you don't put anything else in. So I put those things in the diary. And if people say, do you have availability uh, The answer on that particular day? If I can move that day, fine. If I can't, it stays in the diary um, is the worst case scenario. But if you make the decision, to do the push and I've done it before there's been a really good project on it's a limited time only it's a company I really want to work with then if in your case Katie if you've got a really busy September that's fine but then I'd say put some time first of all make it a finite time so if you're going to say yeah I just accept I'm busy I'm going to take everything while it's coming put a limit on it a time limit on it but also put some time in the diary after that period uh, where you're going to pick those tasks up if you push them back with no endpoint they're never going to get done so if let's say you go September I'm just going to just going to plow through then you want to put some time in early October where you just focus on that time where that time is protected and you don't put anything else in to catch up with yourself um, and as you say Katie it's it's so tempting and you know you've just moved house I've just moved house I've probably neglected a few things this month but I'm just you know putting dates to put those things in because you you do I don't know you just get out the habit like you say and I think it's really important to make sure that happens because otherwise the work isn't going to come in again further down the line and this is where we get the feast and famine of being a freelancer which is the issue yeah exactly I mean I'm actually moving house again in October because I'm just renting at the moment and then we're buying somewhere in October so I'm like right okay so I need to like earn a chunk of money in September and be busy in September so that in October, I have the freedom to take some time off to actually make the move and and you know decorating and stuff in the new house make that less stressful. Um, so again, it's 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 a kind of a strategic condensing of stuff into one place. And so I think from a from a you know a tactical point of view of the business, it's fine. But I think one of the other things that you need to do if you are snowed under is just look after yourself as well because it can. Obviously, if you're just if you're feeling really overwhelmed and you are going 100 miles an hour, I think you need to. You know, we've said we've said about taking time for your business, but I think you also need to take time for you, and make sure that you've got something in place so that you don't burn out and that you don't, yeah, exhaust yourself. You know, so, so I think make sure that even if you are working a lot and if you are snowed under, make sure you put time in for you, whatever that looks like. So, you know, Michelle, you obviously you really like going out on walks. Um, I really like anything that's like in the sea or in water, like swimming or surfing or whatever. Um, it doesn't have to be exercise. It could just be reading or spending time with friends and family. But I think even when you're snowed under, I think making sure you're putting aside some time for the things that will help you to feel normal again is really important. Yeah, definitely. You can't give up what you haven't got or you can't pour from an empty cup. So it might seem a little indulgent to do those things, but you can't give your clients your energy if you haven't got any to give. And I think that's uh, keeping your energy in the tank is really key. I think another thing you could potentially do is is to delegate or collaborate with other with other people now this is a really hard thing to get your head around when you're in the thick of it so we talked about that cognitive overload or um i talked about david rock explaining that we can't it's very hard to have insight or think strategically or creatively when we're in that firefighting mindset and this is true now the problem with being in a firefighting mindset or, or, or making consciously the decision to plow through a period of busy work is we 
we reduce our ability to to um pull together ran you know different ideas in abstract context and, and create new things from the constituent parts that means that when we're busy or we're plowing through all that work you're less likely to find a third way or a better solution there's a really good um book called you know, can you spot the gorilla um, by Richard Wiseman, Wiseman and he talks about spotting opportunities now I don't know if you've seen this um, I, Katie do you know the video I'm referring to you've just to, spoiled it so yeah no, I, it's, it's, I think everyone's seen it by now there is a yeah. video on the internet where you're asked to count the number of passes that some basketball players are making in the middle uh, there's a gorilla walks through the middle of the screen most people physically do not see the gorilla or they don't process seeing that gorilla um, because they're so busy focusing on the counting the number of passes that there are if, if if you're a trainer or a coach like me there are other videos that do the same thing i can point you to them if i've just uh, just stolen your thunder um so this is the problem we don't see in the third way but quite often there's other people out there that would be grateful to help you or would really want to pick up the work that you're the, the extra work so it's not just extra work though so the obvious one i suppose katie is just to get another freelancer to pick up some of the slack um we we could we could just do that couldn't we we could give the work to another freelancer i think you've pointed off to other freelancers before haven't you yeah, I've um, I've I've done it where I, I I stopped offering. So I used to I used to do the website creation from scratch. I used to do training, but I also used to do support. So if you already had a Squarespace website and then you wanted some some kind of changes to it, maybe someone else had made it or you made it yourself. Um, I used to have that as a specific service, and then I decided to stop offering that. And so because because of this because I was feeling overwhelmed I was feeling like I didn't have enough time and I worked out that actually that was taking up that was taking up my time and making me a bit stressed because it, I think just that for whatever reason the kind of clients I was getting for that weren't really a particularly good fit for me um and so I was getting a bit stressed and I realized that wasn't really what I enjoyed doing. So I was kind of, that was taking up a lot of my time. It wasn't earning me that much money and I was a bit grumpy about it. But, so then I was like, right, okay, well, there's other Squarespace people out there. There's like tons of Squarespace designers and people who can offer support. So then I started signposting other people towards them, which gave me back a ton of time and, you know, helped me to create a bit of a nice little, little kind of pool of people who I can, pass work to who might pass work back to me so if they don't specialize in training and they've got someone that wants training they can pass that work to me so it's about kind of rearranging my work so that I'm only doing the stuff that I actually want to and that kind of makes business strategic sense but then also yeah kind of passing that work off to off to other people and it is hard it's hard to do and um we could probably do a whole episode on delegating and letting go and and that kind of quality yes, control because yeah. because I think there's yeah de- delegation or collaboration or handing stuff off to people that there's always that risk element that whoever you know because if it's if you've got someone that inquires with you you still want to pass them over to somebody who's good you don't want them to then have a negative experience and associate that with you or if you're getting someone to help you with some work so like I have a virtual assistant who's amazing um but I tried virtual assistants before and their quality wasn't good enough. And so for ages, it put me off using them because I was like, I don't trust that you will do this work to the standard that I expect of you. And so delegating is a challenge, I think. And Michelle, have you got any tips for how we can kind of collaborate or delegate 
how can we let go? How can we how can we release control of the reins if we do need to delegate or yeah like like you say it's probably a whole whole another podcast on that one i think one of the things you're going to do is that you know a lot of people dismiss it like you say katie well they don't really do it to the right quality so i don't want to use them i do think that if you if you find yourself busy and it's not just a busy period it looks like this is going to be the 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 normal for the foreseeable future then i think what you need to do is what we've suggested and put time in the diary to to delegate so what you can't just do is go oh hey i'm a copywriter you're also a copywriter will you take on some of my copywriting because that doesn't work it's not your style they may not share your values so what you would have to do is put some time in the diary and go right in the long term i really need to to delegate some of this work but delegating is a whole another subject um, to training and coaching on. But basically what you need to do is when you delegate something to someone, you can't just give it to someone. You've really got to train them. You've got to make sure you find the right person. You've got to set the standards. You've essentially got to manage somebody. You don't need a, a massive skill set to do that. Um, and you can certainly learn everything you need to know. But you do have to book out the time, not just to explain the task to someone, but to really find the right person, to develop them and to get them in the right place. Now, most freelancers or small businesses don't really want to spend the time doing it as they see it as a cost of their time but actually I think if if you can create or carve out that time it will save you in the long run to invest in developing that person or getting them to the right place so like I said there's a whole number of ways we go this I think the short term just accept that that is part of part of investing that time and I think as well it's almost kind of taking a step back even before you get to that position of, of delegating or outsourcing or whatever to say what do you want your business to look like what what do you want it to become because for me for example I'd never want to take on staff like I hate managing people so for me having a team of people who you know who, who deliver some of the work that I get in is my nightmare but I know there's quite a lot of freelancers um who who have gone down that route so uh you know people like Mike Pye who who runs Mike Pye Marketing um he started off as a, a solo freelancer and now he has a team of people who help to deliver it and that's what he wanted he wanted to grow that business um Something you know, someone like Kelly from Making You Content, or Making You Content. I'm never sure exactly. It which. works both ways. It's, it's great. It's, I love it. It works. It's a, it's cleverer on paper than it is when you're trying to say it. Um, like so, she she did the same thing. She was a freelancer, but she wanted to grow the business and have and be a business owner with a team of people working for her. And so, if you want that, that's great. And then, if you're going to do that, then definitely what you were saying, Michelle, getting those processes in place early on makes a lot of sense so that you're ready for that growth. If you don't want to grow by taking on people, then the question is, do you say, do you have to start saying no to work? You know, and if you're getting snowed under, do you have to say, right, okay, I will get someone in as a one-off to help me get out of this, but then I need to make sure that I put in steps so that I don't get to this point again where I have to outsource. Because if that adds more stress to you, then that's not going to be helpful. Yeah, and you don't want to train someone up if you're never going to work with them again because that's not an investment of your time. I mean, something you see in the training business and other businesses as well is, is is people working on an associate basis. I'm not suggesting that you have to take on staff and have people on your payroll, although you could if you want to, to scale up. Um, you know, I work with a lot of companies as an associate and what that means is I sign up to their values, I sign up to their brand, I sign up to their standards. If they're 
good at what they do and they don't always do this if they're good at what they do they normally give you some kind of input as to to how they treat their clients they, they really educate you on the how they do business some don't they just take you on as an associate they just check you can could a competent and and they trust you to go work with the client so you don't have to take on staff you can work on a, an associate or a collaboration basis if you want to do it but it's only an investment if you are going to work with that person over the long term and of course as an associate i don't necessarily work with those people every week not even every month and some of them not every year it is on a per project basis but it's a relationship that over time if they need me they can bring me in and uh, even uh, solo freelancers do this from time to time if they've got a lot of delivery work they do outsource it so it, it can be done it's something to think about carefully and Katie you mentioned um, you know the decision you make with the decision you made with the support work for Squarespace and I remember you making that decision it was quite a, a considered one that was a good example of taking a step back and, and answering that question what do you want your business to be because sometimes when you grow you grow very quickly and we kind of don't take that step back and and really think about our business we're so busy working in our business we don't work on it and I think there's an exercise you can almost do from time to time where you can ask yourself how much value do I get from my customers so you can almost make a little grid and say on one side you know how much value do I get from my customers and value can be money but it also can be development interest curiosity esteem any of those things and then think about how much effort does it take to service those customers and just weigh it up because it may be that early on in your business you took anything or you you thought that you were going to go down that road of offering support and the whole package but as you develop you may think well actually I my strength is really in the delivery or my strength is really in this area and I don't really want to offer that other stuff and if you weigh up the effort to service the customer versus the the value you get from them whatever that means to you you can then start to make a little grid and work out who are you really you know yeah the they're easy to service and a high value you're obviously going to keep those uh, the people who are kind of moderately hard to service but they also give you know good value well they're your, they're your everyday customer base but then like you saying Katie you probably find you've got some customers to whom you're providing a service it takes a lot of effort you're not getting a huge amount of value be that in money or the enjoyment you get from it and you may then start to think right well do I delegate these or do I actually stop offering the service altogether and that's one of the exercises you can do or do you buy up your prices so I was coaching one client and we did this little exercise where we weighed up the effort to, to, to value ratio and um, for some of our customers she's like hmm I do want to keep this person but the amount of money they're offering me isn't isn't you know proportionate to, to the amount of time or effort I might have to have a renegotiate and she ended up getting more money from the clients are able to go back to the drawing board and reposition the service so it's a hard thing to do when you're firefighting, but that kind of exercise doesn't have to take that long, but yeah. it can save you time and, and money as well. Yeah, actually, I agree with that. The the kind of, um, I remember another freelancer um, called Helen Dibble, she used a phrase called danger money. Um, and, and she would basically, it would be that kind of, yeah, like if I'm going to take on this project and it's going to potentially... It, you know, if it, it's kind of like, right, I, I, you know, I need, I need the, I need some money or I need something, but I'm just not sure about this project. But for whatever reason, I still want to take it on. As I say, okay, I'm going to charge a really high amount, and if they pay it, then I'll take it on and sort of suck it up almost if it's a difficult project because I've got the money for it. Um, and I wouldn't say that that's a sustainable way of doing it for every project, but again, as a one-off, then it can be okay. Like sometimes I'll say. If I've got, I don't, I don't generally do it for new clients, but for existing clients, if, if someone 
you know, if someone, or, or maybe not existing clients, but if somebody who I know, who already knows I do Squarespace stuff comes to me and says, look, I've got this thing. It's just a really quick little thing on, on Squarespace that needs doing. Is that something you can help with? Um, then my, my kind of, my, my, my general attitude is, even if it's just like a 10 minute job, Am I, and, it, and so, and, it, and it's a lot of those like little fiddly ones. That's what I don't like doing, like loads of the little fiddly jobs. Um, but I'll say, right, okay, if it's a really short thing, so my minimum charge is my is an hour. I won't, I won't charge any less than an hour. So if you're willing to pay my hourly rate for that work, then I'll do it. And if not, then I'm sure you'll be able to find somebody who'll bill you for a half hour or whatever. Um, so again, it's that kind of, I'm protecting my time is how I see it because so yeah, like, yeah if, if you start working in half hours and stuff it's just it's so fiddly and that's what annoys me so I'm like yeah minimum of an hour now I won't take on anything less or charge any less than that yeah and it's like a good example of the effort to value ratio exactly. like you say it's, it's anything less than an hour it's not going to be but then it pushes that decision into the to the client's uh, court really it's then up for the client to say is it is it, is it worth it and uh, so it's not turning them away it's just helping them make that decision whether whether they want to or not which is really good yeah and exactly it's quite useful um I would obviously say you know one of the things that can really help you with this kind of thinking or this kind of approach that Katie and I talk I would obviously say get a coach because I'm a coach um <laughs> So get a coach. There's the answer. There we go. We can make this podcast. Every, in two yeah, that, that's what you should just say. Every every problem has one solution, and this is called Michelle Pratt. <laughs> yeah, but uh, if it's not me, it's another coach. I would say coaching is enormously useful. If it's not a coach, I would for second you, that as a coachy of Michelle. I would second thank you very that. much. If you can't plug yourself on your own podcast, where can you do it? <laughs> but um, even if it's not me, or it's another coach, or even if it's not that, if it's a mentor that you have, or you have a mastermind group, or which is a very fancy way of saying WhatsApp group, I think for a lot of people, if you have other people that you can talk this through, I think even booking that time out is to, to is to do it. So I go to freelance folk, your pop-up co-working event, Katie. I also go to Fresh Walks, and I try and keep um, at least you know those dates in the diary, even if it's just a couple of months or one each of those a month in the diary regardless of how busy I am because that is my catching up time but it's also my networking it's my learning time and it's my taking a step back and thinking time so when you're walking with people over kinder scout or whatever and you start talking about your business you don't you don't even mean to you just end up talking out loud stuff that's going on with you and even that getting it out of you and getting bouncing those thoughts of other people they ask you questions or make comments that really make you sit up and and, and think so I would say it can be useful to just to, to, to keep that stuff in and talk to other people and get someone who's going to push you or question you or challenge you. And you may find better solutions to problems. That means you don't have to chuck hard work and grunt at it. There may be a better way of doing things. So that would be another tip of mine as well. Yeah, and I think that like, the, just even you might not realize that something is a problem until you might just feel a bit overwhelmed but you might not even realize what the source of it is and sometimes just having that kind of third more objective party to come in and go like yeah but clearly it's this thing that's giving you stress and you can be like oh I hadn't even realized that and then it might be something that you can actually deal with quite easily so you know it, it might just be like you're doing tasks that aren't necessary or maybe it's something that you can automate and get a better process in place for that you just in in the kind of thick of being snowed under 
you don't have that kind of like what you know what you were saying earlier michelle that you don't have that kind of ability to see through that that fog i feel like we're using a lot of weather metaphors and like yeah. <laughs> with, with with the snow and the fire and the nature and the plowing of the plowing the elements through. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but yeah i think automation and and also just kind of getting rid of tasks is another two things that that you can do um yeah because i mean you speak to someone else they'll say oh are you still doing it like that why don't you use this software or there's an app that will solve that for you you know you're still doing your own books oh i use you know accounting software are you are you still uh, you know sending all this stuff out manually that you know you can know you can you could get this automated and all that sort of thing yeah, so often yeah. you find and like technical it, solutions exactly and it might be marginal gains sometimes but over time that does add up and it's and I think it's the psychological peace of mind so like something like setting a recurring invoice to make sure that you don't forget to send an invoice every month if you can just do that on a piece of accounting software it's not as much it's not just the time that you're saving it's the mental stress associated with right I must remember to do it I must remember to do it I must carve out some time to do it even when I'm busy um because I know for me that yeah like you were saying the admin tasks and stuff they tend they're the ones that tend to go first if I'm busy um and and obviously sending invoices is quite important so like you want you know it's it, that's that's priority one probably as a freelancer is getting paid so if there's stuff that you if, if you're finding that you're slipping on some of the admin stuff then I would say look at ways to improve that process um, especially around getting paid whether that's somebody chasing invoices for you if that's taking a lot of time like that's something that you can easily outsource and sometimes it's quite nice to have it outsourced because then you don't have to be the bad guy you know create a finance department get you know, my, my friend used to use her dad like yeah and like she worked with a lot of kind of slightly old school companies and she found that having an older male chasing up invoices sadly got results better than when she was doing it and so she got her dad to ring up and chase chase invoices um brilliant you know for her so there might be quite easy ways of of creating a bit more time and a mental space as well um I mean, one thing that I found helped I was just reading back over an old blog post in preparation for this episode um and I wrote a blog post, um, I think probably last year, about what helped me with firefighting. And unlike with a lot of these things, you know, you'll kind of find a thing that works and then and then it'll get you out of the, the kind of critical time. And then you'll kind of fall out of the habit of implementing it to keep going, even if it's even if it was working for you. So I was reading back over this blog post going, oh yeah, that was actually really useful. I'm gonna start doing that again. Even though I'm not snowed under at the moment, it was still a useful habit to have and I want to get back into that way of working. And one of the things I used to do was to write a list about a week before the end of each month. And um, on that list, it it was different to a to-do list. Um, it was a different type of to-do list, I suppose. So I wrote down what, what tasks, so if I completed them, would make me feel in control and happy. And so I wrote down, okay, if by the end of this month, I got these things done, what what are the things that would make me feel less overwhelmed? Um, and I limited it to 10 things. And I think it really helped me get clear on what was actually stressing me out. So again, that kind of being snowed under, I think is as much as a hours in the daytime situation as it is a mental situation, because I think you've got that feeling of like, 
help, I'm stuck, I'm overwhelmed. Um, so for me, it was a really good way of identifying where some of that stress and feeling of overwhelm was coming from. But what was most interesting was that it wasn't any of the tasks which had big looming deadlines. It wasn't anything like that. It was just the little things that I guess may, but were not subconsciously, but I suppose towards the back of my consciousness were there niggling away at me where it wasn't necessarily mega urgent, but it was still important to the business to get it done. Um, and it was things like, if there was a, a project that would stalled a little bit and I was waiting for something from a client, but because I was busy, I hadn't chased that client up. But I knew that if I didn't keep that project moving forwards, then that final invoice wasn't gonna you know, pay itself. Um, so, that, so, so I needed to keep that project moving so that when I was outside of the snowed under time, I could go back to it, finish it off quickly and get that final invoice paid. Um, and so just, so, so things that went on my list would be like follow up with clients and get relevant copy or check if client X wants this. And so it was looking at breaking it down, like to say like, not like, not even like I have to finish this whole project by the end of the month, but what's the next action I can do um, to just kind of move something forwards. And that really helped because it just, it was that kind of mental unblocking. Um, and so when I was reading the blog post earlier, I was like, oh, okay, I'm definitely gonna do that again. And we're, we're kind of towards the end of August when I'm recording this, but I'm like, okay, I'm gonna write a mini, mini list for the last like three days of this month um, to, to do before my busy September and everyone comes back to school so I can kind of, I say school, work. Um, so I can actually be ready, feel like I've kind of got that mental clarity to hit the ground running when I know it's going to be busy yeah I know what you mean like if I if I want to get my car fixed if I write get car fixed on my to-do list it's going to be on there for a week if I write the next thing as you're saying Katie find a mechanic then I can tick that one off at the end of the day and then you write the next thing the next thing the exactly next thing yeah so that, that's the that, approach yeah that's yeah. the kind of getting things done um by David Allen um it's quite a popular productivity book um it's probably about 20 years old now if if not more but it's still very relevant a lot of what he talks about yeah um, that's absolutely true yeah uh, get, getting the thing like you say is that it is a state of mind as well the feeling and control and actually having a plan and knowing what you're doing sometimes I do find myself worrying or, or uh, you know things go through my brain at night not necessarily worrying but just things churning over which actually if I have a really clear line of sight of my priorities um, then I know they're going to get done because I've already prioritised them and they're in the diary and I don't have to worry about them because I know that they're getting done if things are kind of loose and just hanging out there then they're likely to churn over in your brain at 5am which is, is one of the things that contributes to that, to that mindset yeah. as you were saying and I think that's a really good point that actually you should, you know, it's worth checking that you're still going in the right direction whilst you're being, whilst you're snowed under um, and that you're not accidentally kind of veering off course because you're not paying attention to where you want to get to just because of the sheer volume of work as well. Yeah. And that's again where a coach or a mentor or somebody can, can help you to check in with yourself and to make sure that you are still going the right way. Yeah, because um, you were saying, Katie, you know, what do you want your business to be like? And I was about to say, that's one of the things I would probably ask people in coach chasing is what are your values with regards to your business? And they're probably very different in the middle than they were at the beginning. At each stage, your, your values might be, someone's will remain core values and stay the same, but some might shift. And in the thick of it, as you say, you might start to 
can you do this? Can you do this? Can you do this? And slowly, bit by bit, you're, you're, you're veering off course away from what you, where you wanted to be and the things that you wanted to create. So it's, it's just useful to, to keep a really clear um, eye and a focus on those things. And I think the other thing you can do as well is actually just ask for help. Um, so not necessarily from somebody who can like delegate um you know, take take that work away from you or anything but but actually even asking your clients for help or or having a conversation at least with your clients or asking people in your life to kind of help you out when you are in the snowed under place um like so you know can you ask family members to help out around the house a bit more if you're doing a lot of that work and stuff like that but i think with clients like i wouldn't say to do this every time well, you're working on a project with a client, but if you've got a good relationship with a client and you're really snowed under and you feel like the quality of the work you're going to provide to them is going to suffer, then have a conversation with them because you can often renegotiate deadlines and and say to them, look, I've got a lot on this week and I really want to do this well. If I had an extra three days, I'd be able to do a much better job. Would that be okay with you? And like 90% of the time, unless you've already got, you know, unless it's like a really crucial deadline to go live or if it's something booked in like training, obviously you can't really reschedule that. But if it's kind of more, you know, delivery of work that you can do at any particular time, I think you can have that conversation. And again, I would say, you know, don't, I wouldn't do it more than once with the same client as a one-off I think it's probably fine um I think honesty is probably the best policy there is it's best to be honest if that's true yeah don't don't try and fuck them off like we're all people we've we've all been there we know what it's like and I think as long as you're showing that you're being responsible with that client work then they generally are okay with it I mean you, you know know your clients and if you've got a few different clients pick the one that you think like will be okay with you moving stuff like that that's what i'd say um and actually one thing i would also say is if you are a client and you are working with a freelancer who is snowed under um then you if you i mean i'm, I'm guilty of this you know if i'm really busy if a client doesn't follow up with me I'm like, and, and we don't have a concrete deadline then that work goes to the bottom of the pile so if you're a client and you want your work to keep moving forwards then keep checking in with your freelancer <laughs> um i probably shouldn't say that but it's, well don't it's harass the them obviously but yeah don't harass yeah, okay. them don't harass them but like you know like i've got i've got one client where i'm waiting for something for from them and um I know that they're going to be off over the summer holidays because they've got kids and and I'm just like okay well I'm not chasing them up because I'm quite happy at the moment to have that free time Breathing to space pieces yeah. yeah but I know that at some point I need to keep moving that forward so that's probably going on my uh my list for this month that I just mentioned that's why talking it out loud really 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 helps so um yes so 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 Katie then I suppose that's kind of covered off a lot of um ideas of things you could do to help you if you are feeling slowed under at the moment okay anything else to add or any kind of key takeaway if you had to pick one thing from today what would you advise people to focus on perhaps I would say keep block block stuff off in your calendar to keep the non-client delivery aspects of your business rolling whatever that looks like for you so whether that's making time for personal development marketing networking um just time for yourself i'd say 
even though it seems completely counterintuitive and you don't feel like you can fit it in, do it anyway, because you'll get so much out of it if you can just take that time to slow down a little bit, I guess. Yeah, um, Katie, that, that's exactly the same as my one. I would say, yeah, I'm just saying <laughs> the same thing. Keep the, yeah, your client, your your non-delivery client time, put it in the diary, protect it fiercely, and and it's a false economy to take it out. You might think, oh, that's more money if I slip something. It's a false economy, and it, you're only going to miss those admin tasks, that marketing activity, a few times before the wheels come off your business eventually. So, um, I would agree with that. To add something different, then I would probably say in that quality time that you've protected, I'd say maybe just yeah think on your business rather than you know having, having the mindset of being in your business so do that strategic and creative stuff speak to someone else if that will will help you whether that's a networking event a personal development event a coach a mentor a chat with a fellow freelancer uh yeah use that use use your network in order to keep pushing yourself forward and we we talked about working in your business not on your business in episode 14 so if that's something that you feel like you need a bit of clarity on or a bit of like okay how do I actually do that then go back and have a listen to episode 14 because we talk in detail about that moving away from the busy work to the strategic work in that one um so I think that's pretty much it for this episode the exciting news is that we actually have got around to setting up a new twitter handle specifically for the podcast so that's going to stop Michelle having to try and spell out her own twitter handle every episode um so the new handle for us on twitter is 99 problems cast so that's 99 the numbers and then problems cast as in podcast um so if you want to follow us on there we'll be tweeting out when we've got new episodes we'll be um sharing some of the links of stuff that we've talked about in the episodes uh reminding you of some of the older ones that might be relevant at various different times of the year and then if you've got any comments you can interact with both of us on there rather than having to tag me and michelle individually um so do give us a little follow on there and of course if you want to get any future episodes of this podcast then subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcasts but in the meantime we'll see you again for another episode of 99 Problems, But a Boss Ain't One.